0: I still want you. Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season three, episode 13 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Bringing Out the Dead. All originals now awake, except Michael, <laughs> which I don't think anyone's going to be mad about. Rest uh, out of peace. <laughs> Hope you're having fun on the other side. And then other people going to the dead <laughs> and some people coming back. After they went, Alaric, as he is want to do. It's kind of his thing. But as always, I'll start with the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. Sheriff Forbes delivers some disturbing news to Alaric and Elena about the weapon used in a recent murder. In the Salvatore brothers' escalating quest to kill Klaus, Stefan turns to Bonnie and Abby, while Damon reaches out to an old acquaintance for help in setting up an elaborate plan. Intent on a plan of his own, Klaus hosts a strange dinner party where he reveals another story from his family's violent past until an unexpected guest brings the party to an end. Well, the party was over before the unexpected guest showed up, whatever, who am I? Yes. Meanwhile, Caroline is heartbroken when she is unable to stop a tragedy from unfolding. Yeah, as soon as I read that part of the Netflix description that was about a Caroline tragedy, I was like, oh, Bill is going to die. I thought Tyler was going to kill him. So this was slightly better than that. <laughs> I mean- Bill Forbes is not a character we particularly care about, but this is a very sad death. This is a jam-packed episode because we really do hit really every beat of a classic Vampire Diaries episode. Drama, suspense, kind of thriller aspects, Mm -hmm. death, sadness, emotions, a little bit of romance when Stefan and Damon talk about Elena. I mean, we really tick off every single box. We get the family motif strong in this one. Mm -hmm. As we have been for a while with the originals, it just lends itself to the Brotherhood theme. I believe this chapter of the season, because we're still doing, according to Vampire Diaries Wiki, breaking the seasons up into chapters, this chapter is called like the Bloodline chapter. Ah, that makes sense. I would have called it the Coffin Chapter. (laughs) (laughs) But that's why I'm not writing for the show. So we start the episode immediately after the end of the last episode with klaus and elijah kind of facing each other both a little surprised and elijah says okay well since you look surprised to see me i'm guessing it wasn't you who took the dagger out which it only pisses him off more he's like oh great so you don't even want me here awesome and klaus says well you look like you could use a drink shall we and his voice is like shaking he's like do you want to drink really? Like because he is so scared. He's terrified. This is one of the few times that the Salvatores have actually taken Klaus by surprise. Yeah. And one of the few times that it's like been so effective to scare Klaus really well. Not many people scare Klaus, but Elijah does. Yeah, because Klaus plans on waking up his family, but he very much wanted it on his own terms when he had enough time to really. Prep how he was gonna approach all of this because you know he made some mistakes along the way. And he does now have to reveal that he killed their mom because now that Rebecca knows he can't like wake all of them up without that being prepped because she's gonna snitch, she's gonna tell them, or the Salvators will try to tell them to get it. Klaus, so Klaus is like, Well, now I have to break this news. So Elijah hits him, of course. Elijah's pretty pissed off, they fight a little bit, and Klaus says, Hey, 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 just finished renovating. So be cool so like don't ruin everything and then klaus says you know you have every right to be mad but i did keep my word i did reunite you with your family and he's like I, did you get it did you get the wordplay did you get the joke did you get the bit that technically i didn't lie he's like isn't that clever of me and elijah's like no i get it that made it worse <laughs> So then they fight a little bit more because Elijah's not ready to laugh about that yet. Yeah. And then Elijah quickly opens one of the coffins and pulls a dagger out from a boy. We don't yet know his name. We'll hear it in a second. Klaus grabs the dagger from Elijah and he's like, oh, don't make me do this to you, Elijah. And Elijah says, oh yeah, come on, dagger me. I dare you, you'll have Cole to deal with. So one of their names is Cole. Not a name you guessed, but that's okay. <laughs> Where's Victor? Cole spelt K-O-L. We'll get to Cole more later. <laughs> Klaus finally decides to offer some information that might help him. He says, oh, oh, Michael's dead. He's like, hey, uh, I did that. So we good? He says, I killed him with his own weapon, which was pretty cool. And this does perk Elijah up. He's pretty excited to hear this. Klaus says he's gone forever. It's that Michael is dead. And also the weapon that could kill them is now gone, too, yeah. which I guess maybe he doesn't know, but he probably can assume. I think it's a safe assumption he does know that. So at first, Elijah's like, oh, this is great. Our dad's dead. And then Elijah, you know, thinks a little more. And he says, then why is our family still in fucking coffins? Yeah, he's like, if you got through that and like did that, why aren't we all awake celebrating? And then he drops a little bit of timeline information. Not sure if you caught this. He says that Finn's been in the coffin for over 900 years and Cole for over a century. I did not catch that. But when we see them wake up, it was clear that Finn had been in there the longest based on his outfit. <laughs> Finn is a thousand-year-old vampire. He's been daggered for 900 years. Man, that's mean. (laughs) That sucks, right? He hasn't seen shit. And Cole for over a century, so we can assume Cole got daggered sometime around 1910. So about 10 years before Rebecca. Do you have any theories as to why those two were daggered at the times they were daggered? For fun kind of mind exploration exercise? I'm sure they either threatened to leave Klaus or just... Did something to piss him off someday, especially I would guess Finn. It could be a very small slight that led to it because it was early in the the stuff. Maybe they had just gotten the dagger and Klaus just wanted to see what happened. But alternatively, you have to imagine the first one was the most meaningful because that's a big step to take. So you could also think that maybe Finn. Did the worst thing to Klaus. And then as time went on, Klaus got more picky and more paranoid. So he was like, "Mm, you like a boy, Rebecca? Bye. Death. See you in 90 years. Death to all of them. (laughs) And Klaus says, hey, no, like everyone was still in the coffins because of Stefan Salvatore, not me. He holds the one thing that keeps me from freeing you guys. I should tell you there are some things uh, that you don't know about our past um, and our mother's death. Things I never really wanted you to know, but I'm ready to tell you now. And of course, he's ready to tell him now, because if he doesn't tell him, Elena or the Salvators will, And he knows that. But it's good it's for him to get ahead of it. He's ready to tell him now because he's forced to. But it's good to, you know, open this all up immediately and be like, look, Elijah, I've changed. I'm very honest now. Of course, Elijah isn't falling for that as a man of honor. But he is listening. <laughs> yeah, he wants to hear the information. He wants to walk into it. And Klaus says, you know, I only ask that you remember the oath of loyalty you once swore to me. And then Klaus like redips the dagger in ash and Elijah's like, man, what are you doing? You know what he's doing. Uh, he re-daggers Cole because he doesn't want Cole to wake up evidently. And Cole didn't even tremble a little. He wasn't close. <laughs> yeah. Klaus says, always and forever. You need to stand by my side. Be my brother. You need to help me destroy Stefan. And I promise you our family will be whole again. And then he closes Cole's coffin. And Elijah's like, that seems like a lot of work to destroy Stefan for that, but- whatever, I'm here. Yeah, Elijah's like, that's really the only option I have at this point. Obviously, Elijah's not marrying himself to this alliance, but there's no point in him fighting back against Klaus at this exact moment because, A, Klaus doesn't have a dagger, so he's not going to kill him. He's safe here. And he might as well just keep both options open in case the Salvatores are bitches to him. Yeah, exactly. It's nice to at least let Klaus pretend you're on his side, although obviously Elijah's still a little pissed. Because he saved Klaus's life and then Klaus immediately daggered him. Which, fair enough. Which I don't really know what you expected, but he's keeping Klaus nearby. He's playing the middle right now. Smart move. So then we go over to the Gilbert house. Alaric is looking for some aspirin and Elena masterfully clocks that he's hung over. Like, you didn't need the whiskey bottle out. It's Alaric. Of course he's hungover. And Alaric says, oh, it was a weird night. And Elena says, you don't have to feel guilty about Meredith. And he says, I know. Thank you for that. But I do feel guilty because I whiskey dialed her at 2 a.m. Weird way to say that, but fine. Just say drunk dial. What He wants to make it clear he was drinking whiskey. Well, I wonder if the network was like, you can't say drunk. Who knows? Anyway. And Elena says, oh, my God, you didn't. And he says, oh, yeah, I did. And Elena says, oh, was she cool about it? And Alaric's like, what about this conversation makes you think I remember that? Yeah, he's like... Do you think I know? Do I look like a guy who knows what he does when he's drunk? <laughs> he's like, I only know I called her because I checked the call log. Do I look like a casual drinker or do I look like an alcoholic? And be honest. Yeah, and be honest about it. And Alaric says, you know, as soon as this aspirin kicks in and I remember the conversation, I'll let you know. Then the doorbell rings and it's Sheriff Forbes. And Elena says, oh, is everything OK? And Liz says, OK, uh, we're about to have an unconventional conversation. So I hope you guys will protect me on it. And Elena says, Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, she's like, This is weird. You got to keep some of this to yourself. <laughs> and she says, I assume you heard the medical examiner was murdered the night of the bridge fundraiser. And she assumes that because the only person in their little group she's told that is Damon. And she doesn't assume Damon's keeping any confidentiality, at least from them. <laughs> and Rick says, Yes, we have heard that, of course. We're Damon's only friends. Liz says, Okay, well, we've been investigating. And this is the stake that was in Brian Walters' heart. And Rick. Quickly recognizes it and he says, Oh, that's one of ours. It's a set from the Gilbert Lake House. The sheriff is like, Yeah, why do you think I'm here, buddy? Yeah, Liz says, Yeah, I figured that out because, as a matter of fact, forensics ran it for Prince and they found only one clean set, Elena's. Elena has called Damon to tell him this and he's like, Oh, so you're the prime suspect. And she's like, Okay, Liz doesn't think I did it. (laughs) Yeah, we're all in agreement that I didn't do it. Okay, we're all in agreement that I'm not the murderer here. But since we're talking, let's give just the worst guesses of suspects on the phone right now. She says, Liz is trying to find out why someone used a Gilbert weapon to kill a council member. And Damon says, "Okay, well, I've got a theory. Let's ask Rick if his little doctor girlfriend had access to the weapons. And Rick says, hey, you're on speakerphone. And Damon says, "Okay, I'm just saying the first suspect is usually the right one. So don't get so defensive. Damon's like, it doesn't matter that I'm on speakerphone. I would have said that to your face like that wasn't me talking behind your back. Yeah, on speakerphone or not, I still think it's Meredith. Yeah, do you need me to say it louder? Rick says, well, Brian Walters was killed days ago. I didn't show Meredith this stuff until last night. And Elena says, you know what? I agree, it's not Meredith. And Damon says, okay, need I remind you guys of the clues. Brian Walters is your ex-boyfriend. Rick saw them fighting the night he was killed. And Elena says, okay, I swear, it's not Meredith. I refuse to believe Rick's luck with women is that tragic. I understand refusing to believe it, but mama, that's not a logic-based conclusion. But mama, the evidence is there. It just is. The evidence is compelling. Well, and just because like they didn't show Meredith, you know, the weapons before then, like she could know that they're there. She knows who all the vampires are. It's not crazy that she knows the Gilberts have weapons. So then they try to start naming other suspects. Damon says, you know, who else knows about your weapons? Rick says, who doesn't? I have stashes everywhere. The Gilbert house, the school, my loft, your car. And Damon says, okay, well, it's gotta be Klaus screwing with us. Why would Klaus have any motivation to kill the medical examiner? He would just go kill Caroline or Jeremy or someone. Yeah, why would he bother with this? And why would he use a stake? That is not something he would do. Klaus wouldn't assume this would mess with them. Like Klaus would like kill this guy and be like, you guys hear about the medical examiner? And they'd be like, oh, I didn't really know the guy. And he'd be like, well, that was to get you. Yeah. Like, no, Klaus is not doing that. Horrible guess. So Elena says, okay, well, i got to guess. Somehow it's worse. She says, well, what if it was Stefan? He was being crazy that night, trying to get underneath Klaus's skin. You know, he was capable of anything. But again... Why would Stefan kill a human who Klaus doesn't know to get under Klaus's skin? And why would Stefan not drink his blood if he's killing someone? If it looked like a fucking savage animal attack, yeah, I might guess Stefan. But he staked it and the blood was there. Yeah, why would he do that? Neither of these guesses make any sense. And they are really truly grasping at straws because I do think they just don't want it to be Meredith. They just need someone other than Meredith in the mix. (laughs) But unfortunately, she's the prime suspect for a reason. Yeah, it's looking bad for her. And Damon says, you know, this makes me nostalgic for when Stefan was a bunny snacking pacifist. And then he says, well, I got to go. Now that I've gotten my last quip in, we'll talk later. Oleg says, oh, where are you? And Damon says, I'm having tea with an old friend. He he hangs up. We see, actually, he's meeting up with Elijah in the woods. Elijah, who has a new suit on. He's combed his hair in a new way. He is looking so hot and sexy. Yeah, they have finally fixed his hair because my beef with Elijah has long been that stupid little haircut he had. Fair enough. I never thought he was attractive with that hair. I couldn't get past it. Welcome to the land of Elijah Stans. We've been waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I'm an Elijah Stan. He's at this point, he's my third favorite original. After class, Rebecca, that makes yeah. sense. I would say he's my second favorite original. Damon says, oh my God, Elijah, my favorite original. So Elijah's Damon's number one. Well, that makes sense (laughs) for him. He says, back from the dead, you clean up nice. And Elijah says, you know, I found a note in my jacket pocket. And Damon paraphrases the note thusly. Dear Elijah, let's get together and plot the destruction of your brother, XOXO. I hope he did write XOXO on it. I bet he did. Why not? He He probably thought it was funny. And Elijah was like, okay. Elijah's like, I don't know what this means. It's a (laughs) cipher. Damon says, was I right to un you or do we have a problem? And Elijah doesn't answer that question. Instead, he says, you know what? I'm here. Let's just chat. Smart to not name any alliances yet, Elijah. Play the field. Yeah. Elijah's like, you give me your pitch. I've heard Klaus's pitch. Then we'll see what I decide to do. Right now, Elijah's the prettiest girl at the party. Yeah. He doesn't need to settle on one person yet. He's just letting the suitors come up to him. I'm the bachelor tonight. What's your limo entrance? Give it to me. (laughs) Damon says, well, let's start with an easy question. Do you have any idea what kind of Klaus killing weapon could be magically sealed in a coffin? We don't hear the answer to that question because instead we go to where the coffin is. It's in the caves under the Lockwood property, specifically the caves that vampires aren't allowed in where there's all the drawings about originals on the wall. Yeah, smart place to hide it. It's where Stefan should have thought to hide it. Although Stefan might not know about this place. I guess he wouldn't have known about it because when they were looking at it, he was still kind of with Klaus, but still a better hiding spot. So Bonnie and Abby are down there with Stefan. Bonnie is like, hey, again, super sorry about the way things shook out, but I really didn't have a choice. And Stefan says, "Okay, well, you did have a choice. And this is the one you made. And she says, yeah, fair. I made the one that made the most sense for me. I don't really give a shit about you because you're mean to me. She's like, I don't care about your interests here. I don't know why you think I would. I'm not a fan stefan says well now we have to live with the consequences of your choice He told him where the coffins were he took all the coffins except this one and abby says oh the one that is sealed and stefan says yes the one that he cares about most in case we don't know anything about this coffin after we've been dealing with it for episode upon episode (laughs) yeah stefan doesn't go all the way in the cave abby says oh you coming in and he says i can't go in uh vampires aren't allowed there damon compelled some lockwood gardeners to get this coffin in here smart move he really thought this one through Yeah, exactly. Abby says that this is a bad idea, opening this coffin. And Stefan says, well, listen, if you're the key to opening the coffin that we think you are, you're probably going to be on Klaus's hit list. So you better hang out here and figure out a way to open it. I mean, I think she's making a point, though, like, let's take a step back and figure out some more about this coffin before we open it up. Yeah, it's safe in here. He can't get to it. We don't need to open it today. I mean, Stefan feels like they do, but whatever. And Abby reiterates that she doesn't have powers and Stefan says, okay, well, I don't believe you. Fair enough. Yeah. And he shouldn't believe her. Cause as it turns out, she is able to cast a spell later. Yeah. Stefan says, you know, time is ticking. Klaus soon is going to send his hybrids to look for this coffin, and he's going to kill all of us. So dig deep, Abby Bennett. In case we forgot her name. Yeah. <laughs> and so Stefan leaves them to it. And then in like the lobby of the cave, I know it's not like a lobby, but you know, it's like on the way up, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> He runs into Elena. And Elena's like, hey, Bonnie told me you were here. And he's like, does Bonnie ever just keep one goddamn thing to herself? He's like, why won't she keep her fucking mouth shut? Elena says, I need to talk to you. And he says, uh, there's nothing to talk about. I'm focused on opening this coffin. Because if he talks about her kissing Damon, he will cry. That humanity is beating down the door. Yeah. <laughs> and she says, did you kill the medical examiner? It's just a quick check. And he says why would you think I would do that a because he's offended that she would accuse him and B, because he's like what literally would be my motivation yeah he's like why would you think that because like I don't want you to think I'm killing everyone willy-nilly but also why would I kill him yeah he's like I don't make any sense as a suspect is that the best suspect you can come up with what happened to Meredith I would be like well I think Meredith did it so so <laughs> hope that you have it Elena says I would think you did that because I don't know what you're capable of anymore. And he says, believe what you want. And she says, I don't want to believe any of it. And he says, "Okay, but you had to ask me anyway. And she like looks at him like, yeah, I did. Like, what do you want me to say to that? Like, it can't hurt me to ask you. (laughs) And then he says, did you ask Damon if he killed anybody lately? And he leaves her to ruminate on that because he's like, I know you did not But it's also like, well, Damon is the one who told her that he was killed. So it's like, why would she ask him? But obviously the point comes across. I know Stefan is reminiscing on the days when Elena always assumed Damon is the one who killed anyone who turned up dead. (laughs) Simpler times. And now she's switched and she's assuming it's Stefan. To be fair, because he did try to drive her off a bridge. (laughs) Yeah, she does have some evidence to back this up. (laughs) can't be understated that he tried to drive her off a bridge. Let's not forget. So then we go over to the hospital. Caroline approaches Dr. Fell and she says, oh, I heard you helped with my dad. And Dr. Fell says, do you think you can get him to be a little bit more grateful? He spent half the night threatening to get my medical license revoked for saving his life. And it's like, well, you are doing something unethical technically. So and also, you know, not to nitpick on Meredith's logical thinking, but you knew he was on the council. Like, you know that he might be upset about the vampire blood of anyone. You know, the guy. Which, like, I get you didn't want him to die, whatever. She just cares too much. What's my weakness? I care too much. It's like, I'm sorry, sometimes doctors lose patience. You became a doctor. You had to know that that was a possibility. Yeah. And Caroline says, yeah, well, my dad's a little set in his ways. He spent his whole life hating vampires. And Dr. Fell says, oh, that makes sense. So he's not psyched about vampire blood healing him. Yeah, he made that very clear to me. Yeah, she's like, he told me that. He said it in so many words. And then she said, oh, sorry, my bedside manner sucks on no sleep. And I have to say, girl, if you can't save patients without vampire blood and you have bad bedside manner, you might want to change careers. Girl, how did you make it through med school and residency if you hate all of it? What part of being a doctor exactly are you good at? Well, and I'm sorry, if that's how you feel about medicine, whatever, be a radiologist. Right. You can pick a different specialty than surgery. Like if you're so scared of losing patients, pick something where that's a lot rarer. Pick something lower stakes. Just know yourself. You still get the good doctor money. You get the job security, but you don't have to see people die. I'm just telling her. But she doesn't want to hear it. (laughs) Also, it's funny to think that if she's a surgeon, she's not like in the surgery room by herself. How does she get the vampire blood in? (laughs) Puts it in a syringe and is like, I'm administering the acetaminophen. And they're like, what? Like, Why are you giving someone a minute in the middle of surgery? She just pretends to cough. And she's like. <coughs> and then they're like, did you just cough in his body? And she's like, oh, kind of. It's fine. I'm a doctor. So she hides one finger and fills one finger of the glove with vampire blood. And just pokes a hole in it. Pokes it with the scalpel. Yeah. She puts it in like where her pinky would be. Yeah. And then just pokes the glove open and she's like, okay, I did it. Or she just mixes it with the anesthesia. Just some logistics of the surgery itself. <laughs> yeah, so Dr. Fell starts to walk away from this discussion because she feels like she said all she needs to say. And Caroline says, uh, hey, can I take my dad home? Yeah. she's like, um, excuse me, why do you think I'm here talking to you? I'm not here for social hour. <laughs> and Dr. Fell says, I signed his discharge papers last night just to shut him up. Okay, girl, again, don't let people leave the hospital when they're not done being treated. But whatever, again. And Caroline says, oh, that's weird. He didn't call me. And Dr. Fell says, uh, oh, it's got to be so hard for you when your dad hates the one thing you can't change about yourself. And Caroline says, what? Meredith just had to drop that she knows that Caroline's a vampire. It's like, keep it to yourself. Meredith wants to be involved with this group so bad. Oh, I know. She says, oh, I make it my business to know who the vampires in this town are. Just out of medical curiosity. I don't blab. Well, and okay, who blabbed to you? Caroline says, yeah, we've had our ups and downs with the whole vampire thing, but she is clearly a little wary of Dr. Fell, like knowing this about her, because again, it's not like Caroline is a known entity as a vampire. In a certain group she is, but it's iffy if people know that she and Damon and Stefan are vampires. It's not crazy that people on the council would have figured out about Damon and Stefan or that news has spread somehow, but it's kind of weird that the Caroline one has spread to this woman. I think that's kind of a red flag. Maybe Carol Lockwood just got really drunk and she's like, My son's dating a vampire stink. <laughs> and Mary's like, And what's her name? And who who's that? And she interested in donating blood? <laughs> and can you point her out in the in the school yearbook? Yeah. And how sensitive is she to like Bivane? And do you think she'd be upset if I killed her dad? <laughs> and then Dr. Fell decides she's done with this conversation. She says, Okay, well tell your dad I said you're welcome. And then she leaves. And Caroline heads off and she meets Elena in the hallway. And Elena's like, oh, that was fast. And Caroline says, yeah, he isn't here. He was already discharged. And Caroline says to Elena about Dr. Fell. She seems perfectly nice, by the way. Maybe a little intense, but I think it's sweet that you want to make sure Alaric isn't dating a total psycho. You can only stop so much when you're working with Alaric. Yeah, he's not helping. (laughs) And Elena says, well, you know, he's my family. I have to look out for him. And so Caroline tries to call her dad because she wants to make sure he's okay after being discharged. But as the phone rings, she realizes with her super vampire hearing that she can hear the phone ringing in the hospital somewhere. Yeah. And she's like, that's weird. He would not have stayed here. So she looks around. She follows the sound. She finds like a dark file room. She opens the door and she finds him with his throat slit, stabbed in the stomach and dead. Yeah. He's looking very, very dead, like no breathing. Like if there was a chance to, you know, give him vampire blood just to heal him, like that's that chance would be gone at this point. Exactly. So Caroline's freaking out. She's crying because she can tell he's dead. She pulls out the knife. He's not breathing. She's like, fuck, he's dead. Please don't be dead. Please don't be dead. And then Elena says, wait a second, Caroline. He's got vampire blood in his system. And then he gasps awake. And you're like, oh, Bill's going to be mad about this one. Yeah, immediately it's like, oh, this is not going to go well for Bill. He's like, you've got to be kidding me. So then we go back to the cave. Bonnie asks Abby if the one grimoire they have is the only one she kept. And Abby says, Yeah, it's the only one I needed. I'm not a librarian. Not everyone has like 20 grimoires. Not all of us met a cute boy who we killed and then killed his father and then got to keep all their books. <laughs> and Abby is looking at the cave paintings and she says, Oh, what's this? And Bonnie says, Oh, it's family history. It's about a mother who loved her children so much she couldn't bear the thought of losing them and turned them into vampires. That's a little bit over romanticized, Bonnie, but I get it. You're mad at your mom for leaving you. Bonnie is so like, she's like, remember how you left me? Every time she talks to her mom, every conversation she turns to it. she's like, and, you know, other moms don't do that shit. Yeah. And Bonnie, do you want to tell her how the story ended? The woman got killed by her son. Yeah. So what did she get from loving her children that much? Yeah. And Bonnie, you could tell your about that. Like, just keep her in line a little bit. Yeah. And I'm thinking I might do that. Yeah. And if this doesn't work, You're going to be on this wall. And Bonnie says, and one of the vampires in this story is Klaus. And Abby says, oh, Klaus, the one you're trying to kill with whatever's in this coffin. And Bonnie says, okay, well, there's nothing in this grimoire that'll help. I've seen most of these spells already because I've been a witch for two years now. So I'm an expert and no one can tell me shit. Yeah. She asks about a page that was ripped out. Abby says, oh, that was the spell I used to seal Michael in the tomb. I burned it to try to get it out of my head, but it didn't work. And then Abby notices there's a sealing spell on one page and next to it is like this infinity symbol with some rope, whatever. Abby says, oh, did you notice this? And Bonnie says, that's a sealing spell. We're trying to open something, not seal it, you dumb fucking bitch. She's like, are you fucking stupid? The coffin is sealed And Abby's like, okay. Um, no, but on the side of this, this infinity symbol, it's called a blood knot. It means to bind the spell You need two generations, a bloodline, like two keys to a safety deposit box. And Bonnie says, oh, so we could reverse this spell. If we unbind it, it unseals the coffin if we work together. The magic of family, huh? Yeah, the magic of togetherness and teamwork. Yeah, she's like, that's a little on the nose, nature, but I get it. Okay, God, I get it. Okay, spirits. Okay, spirits. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Damon says, hey, get dressed. We're going out. And Stefan says, yeah, I'm not interested. Stefan has just come out of the shower. He's super oiled up with his abs. He looks hot and sexy. Stefan's like, I'm not going anywhere. I just put my oil on. <laughs> I just baby oiled myself. I can't put a shirt on. I don't want to get my shirt all oily. I get grease stains everywhere. And Damon says, OK, well, I didn't ask if you were interested in going out. Elijah and I have scheduled an old fashioned sit down with you and Klaus. You should wear black. It makes you look villainy. And Stefan says, hey, Klaus is not going to be interested in making a deal. So that's stupid. And Damon says, I'm not a fucking dumbass. He doesn't have to make a deal. We're just buying a little time to give our witches a chance to open the coffin. And Stefan says, oh, so your plan is to stall Klaus? That is what you were doing last week. That was literally your plan last week until other people helped you. Stefan said, oh, your plan's to stall him? Because I tried that. Guess what? It's a bad plan. Guess what? It didn't work. And it has nothing to do with me being bad at stalling. Damon says, well, if you hadn't gone postal on all his hybrids, I might have more options, which is true. Uh, He's like, I can agree that it is not a perfect plan, but what do you expect me to do with your dumb ass? Yeah, we're running a little low here. And Stefan says, oh, so you unleashed an original to help him out. And Damon says, okay, let's all put one thing on the table. Undaggering Elijah, that was smart. After what Klaus did to him, he's in vengeance mode. And Stefan said, you know, there's nothing smart about trusting Elijah. He screwed us over last time that he said he'd kill Klaus. And I think they both have the right idea. Both of their logic tracks is just which logic is correct. We find out later whose is correct. But I think they are both valid in these concerns. Yeah. And I think Damon is not like ignoring that Elijah might not be on their side 100%. But I think he knows this is the time where Elijah will probably be a little bit more open to working with them than Klaus. So he's the best of the originals to wake up because Rebecca's a little bit of a loose cannon, even if she is mad at Klaus and at least Elijah, you know, weighs options a little bit. At least Elijah knows them. I mean, they don't know how Cole and Finn react. They don't know if Cole and Finn are friends of Klaus. I mean, we find out later that Cole and Finn are not happy with Klaus either, but they're unknown entities. Elijah is the most known entity and They don't even necessarily need Elijah to be completely against Klaus. They just need him to be hesitant about Klaus. Yeah, and they know that he's at least hesitant because he was hesitant before the spell. And the only reason he didn't kill Klaus was because Klaus had something he wanted, which he now knows where it is. Mm -hmm. And Klaus killed him. So he's realistically like at least questioning Klaus. Exactly. Damon says, you know, the way you've been acting I trust Elijah about as much as I trust you. And Stefan says, well, I guess that goes both ways, doesn't it? And Damon's like, okay, so this is obviously about me kissing Elena. Yeah, Damon's like, okay, so this has nothing to do with Elijah, does it? He says, okay, so it all comes out and he says, hey, just want to remind you, if it weren't for Klaus, you wouldn't have been such a dick and that kiss probably would have never happened. So get ready, get happy. We're going to negotiate a fake truce and I don't really want your little attitude screwing it up. Great point. He's like, look, we just don't need to deal with whatever bullshit you're calling. Like, we have something to do. And I know you're pissed, but maybe you shouldn't have tried to kill your girlfriend. Then maybe she wouldn't have kissed me. Yeah. And then Stefan goes into tantrum mode and he stays there for quite a while. He stays there until the episode ends. Yeah, pretty much. And then we go over to the hospital. Caroline has brought her dad to an empty hospital room. She's compelled the nurses to stay away. And she's like, OK, you'll be safe here. And he says, okay, so my wound is completely healed. Interesting. And he says, okay, I need something to eat. And Caroline says, lay down, relax. He says, no, I'm too wired. My pulse is racing. It's the effect of my body wanting to transition. And Caroline says, oh, well, maybe Dr. Fell can give you something. And he says, oh, she's done enough. (laughs) And then Elena comes in and she gets to the crime at hand. She's called the sheriff and she says, did you see who stabbed you? Yeah, great question. Cause you know, he's awake. So we might as well ask him. Mm -hmm. And he says, no, I didn't. I was trying to sneak out the back. Someone came from behind. So that's pretty smart or lucky, depending on we don't know if the killer knew he had vampire blood in his system or not. Yeah, it's hard to say if they knew that because it's a different motive if they knew it versus them not knowing it. Exactly. And we'll talk more about theories about the murderer later in the episode. Then Caroline says, okay, we're going to figure all of this out, get the murder and everything. But in the meantime, we need to get you some blood. And Bill says, oh, I'm not drinking any blood. Bill says, oh, no, the fuck you don't. So this is our first time we're seeing someone basically just decide not to transition, which I had mentioned early in the series that we may see at some point. And now we're seeing it. And you got to respect that Bill is backing all this up. He hates vampires and he'll die for it. Good for him. Unlike bitch-ass John Gilbert, who said, but one vampire is pretty and kissed me once. Yeah, John Gilbert was like, I hate vampires, and then was up Isabel's ass for 15 years. At least Bill Forbes is walking the walk. But Elena just assumes he must not know what's going on. She says, oh, you haven't heard? Bill, you died with vampire blood in your system. If you don't feed and complete the transition, you'll die. And he says, I understand how it works. Yeah, he's like, I know that. He says, that's what I'm prepared to do now. Get me out of this hospital because I smell blood everywhere. I hate it here. And he walks out ahead of them. And Caroline is like, what the fuck? So then we go over to the Gilbert house. Rick is taking inventory of his weapons from all his different locations. And then he says, oh, did you get it? And she says, yeah, I did steal evidence from a crime scene. Thank you so much for asking. And she shows him Bill's murder weapon and knife that Rick says is from the crawl space in the foyer of the Gilbert house, which means Meredith knew where it was before Bill was killed. So things aren't looking good for Meredith, but Elena tries to stay grounded. She says that doesn't mean she stole it. And then Rick points out, you know, these are from the loft. These are from the duffel in Damon's car. This is a stake identical to the one that killed Brian Walters that was in Damon's car which was at the Wickery Bridge fundraiser. And so was Meredith the night he was killed when he called her psycho. And based on the fact that Meredith knows who the vampires are in this town, we can assume that Meredith might've had motive to search Damon's car. So again, things don't look good for Meredith at this moment. Yeah, there are facts piling up against her. And Elena says, okay, but let's look at the bigger picture here. If she was trying to save Bill Forbes, why turn around and kill him? And that's the most compelling piece of evidence for Meredith's innocence. I do think yes, but there's also a side of it like, well, maybe he was just pissing her off and she was like, okay, now be a fucking vampire. Like- yeah, that she was like, oh, then I'm going to make you a vampire. Worst case scenario, he's a vampire and he hates it and she gets some blood from him. Best case scenario, he decides not to complete the transition and dies. Yeah, it throws a question at Meredith that is like, okay, that doesn't fully track with what we think she would do, but it doesn't clear her. It doesn't prove her innocence, especially since she knew vampire blood was in the system. And Alaric says, you know, I honestly don't know what to think either, but we would be idiots to ignore these facts. And yeah, you would be. Yeah. He's like, I'm not saying she did it, but we just have to think about it. And Elena says, "Okay, well, what should we do? And Alaric says, let's get the knife to the police. You should go be with Caroline. And Elena says, look, Rick, I'm really sorry. Be careful. She leaves. And Rick's like, my life sucks. He says, I hate this. (laughs) He says, I got to get on Hinge. (laughs) He's like, someone needs to give me a Raya code. Yeah. (laughs) He goes to Facebook. He's like, anybody got a code for Raya? And then we go over to Klaus's house. The Salvators have arrived. And Elijah says, Damon and Stefan Salvatore. And Klaus says, I heard you two seek an audience. Very bold. And they're like, okay. Klaus is like, Oh, they're here to kiss the ring. And it's like, they're messing with you, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Klaus says, let's discuss the terms of our agreement like civilized men. And he points to a table set for dinner. And Elijah says, you know, it's really best to indulge him. Also, next to the table set for dinner, are women dressed in what can only be described as like boxer ring girl outfits. Yeah, like gold halter tops and like little shorts. It's like, really? You have uniforms for the girls you're compelling? Well, and again, not to nitpick. I get the symbolism of vampirism is supposed to be very, like, sexual. A lot of these women who end up being victims of vampirism are often, like, hot and sexy ladies. But Klaus, as a character, would want his staff to be dressed like butlers. Yeah. He'd want an uh, an Alfred. Yes, exactly. Who's, like, you know, who's there for him. He just wants the girlies to... Be there when he's hungry. And, you know, I honestly think if he had like an actual butler, like an Alfred, he'd be happier because then it would at least be a friend. Yeah. And it would feel more like a friend, even though he would be paying him. I mean, he could get a hybrid to be a butler. Yeah. And that would be like a friend because they have to be there and be their sire bonded to you. So they're going to be pretty happy. Although he had to send all his hybrids out of town. So he was in a pinch. He hired some strippers and said, no, close stay on for this event. And they said, this guy's weird, but he's paying us a lot of money. Yeah. And that's because one of them is going to end up dead. Yeah. But it's a one in four chance. So, you know, depends how much money. (laughs) Some of the other girls like, did he just kill that one girl? We got to get out of here. Like, Oh, I think I'm going to go. No tip is worth this. (laughs) Yeah. And Elijah says, well, it's best to indulge him. And Stefan does the exact opposite of indulge him. He says, you know, I didn't come here to eat. In fact, I didn't want to come here at all, but I was told I had to because you would hear us out. It's like, oh my God, go cry about it. Can you just like suck it up for 30 minutes? And Klaus says, here's the deal, okay? We can sit and eat or I can reach down your throat and pull out your insides. The choice is yours. And so Stefan says, well, I guess I'll sit and eat. Stefan says, fine, dinner. And so they sit down. They're served wine by the girls in the Little Gold Tops. But Stefan is not eating like a toddler, like a petulant toddler. <laughs> yeah. On his little baby hunger strike. Like, just eat the dinner. Yeah. And Klaus says, oh, lost your appetite. And Stefan might as well say, I didn't even have one. Yeah. Damon says, hey, eat. I thought we agreed we would leave grumpy Stefan at home. Something someone would say to a toddler that they brought to a restaurant. Yeah. And Stefan said, I never agreed to it. Stefan is really giving DW from Arthur. Yeah. Klaus says, it is such a treat that we're all eating together. Say, is this what you had in mind when you pulled the dagger out of my brother? And it's like, okay, so here here we go. So we're just getting right into it. Damon says, well, I know what he felt about you. So I figured, hey, the more the merrier. To which he implies the more Klaus haters, the merrier. Yeah. But Klaus says, well, you know, Elijah and I have had our share of quarrels over the centuries, but we always make it through. And Stefan says, yeah, kind of like you and Rebecca, huh? Where is she, by the way? Last I checked, she was still daggered because you're afraid to face her. <laughs> and Klaus says, OK, well, if you're like mysteriously alluding to the fact that Rebecca knows I killed her mother, I already came clean to Elijah. Suck it. Klaus is like, you can't use that against me. I already did it. And look, he's over it. And look, he's sitting here on my side of the table. So who won? <laughs> and Damon says, hey, Stefan, remember when you killed dad? Yeah, because we don't really talk about that enough because they're all so mad that Klaus killed his mom as though Stefan did not do the same thing. Yeah. And Damon says, you might want to dial down the judgment till dessert. And Stefan says, we're here to make a deal. Doesn't mean we need to kiss his ass for seven courses. And Damon says, we have a long evening ahead of us. Pace yourself, because if you are so antagonistic, guess what you're not doing? Stalling. Yeah, that's not how stalling works, Stefan. Lure him in with a false sense of security. You can't do that if you're refusing to eat the appetizer. Tell him a story. Endear him to you. Yeah. Bond over killing your parents. It's simple. So then we go over to the Forbes house. Elena and Caroline are sitting on the porch. And Elena asks Caroline if she heard back from Tyler, which she hasn't, despite the fact that she's leaving him messages everywhere, because surprise, surprise, Tyler remains to be not shit. And Caroline says, does Alaric really think that Dr. Fell did this? And Elena says, honestly, Alaric doesn't know what to think. And Caroline says, okay, well, what about you? And Elena says, well, I wish that the girl Alaric liked wasn't in the middle of this because he deserves to be happy. But yeah, she looks super guilty. So I told your mom. Yeah, it's definitely looking suspicious for her. And we all know Alaric's history. So yeah, just odds, it's looking bad. And she's like, I don't want to commit to anything, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, don't tell a like I said that. And Caroline says, you know, my mom's in there sitting with my dad and I don't think they've been in the same room this long since I was 10 years old. And she's starting to feel the morning come in. And Caroline turns to Elena and says, is there any chance Tyler did it? Which is another bad guess for a number of reasons. Better than Stefan and Klaus. It's definitely a better reason for Bill. Than anything else, because yeah, he might be mad that he has to turn more than once. Yeah. I think she's just throwing it out as like, do I have to worry about this now more than anything? Yeah. Cause she's already mad at Tyler. So it'd be very easy if she could be mad at Tyler for this too. So she could really cut him out. Yeah. And she tries to justify it to herself because she wants to believe it's, you know, that clean and simple she says you know if klaus is trying to mess with you and he's sired to klaus he does everything as told again same logic gaps here why would klaus kill the medical examiner yeah and why would klaus kill bill forbes to get to them there are more significant players to kill first exactly that would be a significant lowering of the stakes to go from attempting to kill caroline to attempting to kill bill forbes yeah like it's just not really someone he would be going for but Elena doesn't say, like, no, that's a stupid guess. What Elena says is, no, I don't think Tyler did it. And Caroline says, well, I can't just let my father die. I'm, I'm going to force him to feed. I'm going to force him to drink some blood. And Elena says, Caroline, he doesn't want to. Yeah, she's like, Caroline, I know this is her, but you can't take his choice away. Caroline and Elena are very good friends to each other. And we see, of course, you know, over the course of the show, everyone deals with loss in their own way they kind of are able to be there for each other because of it. But what Elena does very well for Caroline here is like, she tries to comfort her with the circumstances she has that she's like, he doesn't want to do it. I know it's easier for you to say that you could force him to feed, but he doesn't want to. Yeah. And it's this question of choice when you're transitioning anyway, because Caroline didn't get to choose because she didn't know what was happening. And I don't think she regrets that necessarily, but it is like this weird thing of like, well, I don't want to lose him and I don't have to lose him if he does this. Well, and it's also, I think, a level of unfairness, which we can talk about later too, that Caroline didn't get a choice. Mm -hmm. She didn't get to reckon with these things. Yeah. And she's like, and it worked out. I got past that. Like he can get past it. If I feed him blood, he'll forgive me eventually. Because as Damon says, estranged is better than dead. Exactly. It's that thing of he'll hate me in the short term, but he'll be alive and he'll come around to it. And then I get to have my dad forever Mm -hmm. in like a new way. And he'll understand like this thing that's happened to me. He'll come around on vampires because he'll have to, and everything's going to work out. Like this very optimistic view of it when he just doesn't want that. And I think Elena is coming from that too, of like knowing that she doesn't want to be a vampire and almost having to be forced into it a couple episodes ago. And she's like, that's not something that like you should do to someone. Yeah. The one thing we have is our choice. Mm -hmm. And Caroline says, you know, it's hard because I hated him so much for what he did to me. But now all I want to do is save his life. And Elena says, of course you do. He's your dad. Elena, as we know, also lost your dad. So Caroline says, well, can I ask you, what was the hardest part for you losing your dad? And she says, realizing all the things he wouldn't be there for. The things you just need your dad for. What, drinking all my beer? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry I didn't interrupt it with a joke because it was a very sad scene. They cry and hug because Caroline is starting to rationalize that she's losing him. And it's hard for her, too, because, I mean, this is Caroline's ongoing journey of reckoning with her immortality. Mm -hmm. Like she was going to have to lose her dad someday. And she just hasn't really thought about death in the same way since she's become immortal. Knowing that you'll outlive human family and friends is one thing. When you're like, okay, but yeah, in 20 years, I'll have to deal with that. But now it's like, oh, no, I have to deal with that now. And I could keep him. If he would just suck it up. Like, I have that option in theory that he doesn't want. And I think it's hard for her, too, because she, like, you know, she doesn't live with her dad, but she has this connection to him. And she's always felt closer to him than her mom. And that has obviously shifted with all of this. But to not even have the chance to really heal the relationship all the way. I think that's part of it too, is like wanting him to finish this transition so he can really come to terms with her being a vampire in a way that he hasn't. And just like supporting her, like making sure it's okay. Yeah. Since this whole thing hasn't been resolved, she's now reckoning with the fact that it never will be. He will never come around on her being a vampire. He would rather die than come around. Yeah. Which is hard to think like, Like, how can I be a person I'm proud of if my dad isn't proud of me? Yeah. And she put so much stake in his opinion for so long. Mm -hmm. So Elena and Caroline are crying and hugging and Matt comes up and Matt hugs Caroline also. And he's being a really great friend. Uh, And I say it again, Matt Donovan eating this episode. They're doing something to him this season. They said, okay, we heard you. We get it. We'll mix it up a little. In this moment, I was like, oh, I kind of miss Mayoline. And then you said, Whoa. And I said, whoa, back that up. (laughs) (laughs) So then we go back over to Klaus's house. Elijah says, Stefan, where is the lovely Elena tonight? (laughs) And Stefan says, I don't know, ask Damon. Now, Stefan, you do not need to tell them your business like this. Stefan, keep that shit to yourself. Like, oh, my God, he kissed her one time. I know. And Klaus cannot help but laugh because Klaus lives for the drama. When he loves to see them go crazy for Miss Elena. He's like, I was just going to kill her in a sacrifice. And she has you both in a tizzy. He says, look, I like Elena's blood, but wow. He's like, I don't get it. The bitch wears Converse every day. God forbid she put on a heel. He says, Caroline's right there. (laughs) You don't see her? He said, are you guys crazy? He said, are you guys blind? (laughs) And Klaus laughs and he says, Elijah. Elijah. I'm sorry, you missed so much. There's trouble in paradise. And Elijah's like, oh, intriguing. Yeah. (laughs) Stefan says, hey, uh, one more word about Elena and this dinner is over. Damon says, yeah, let's just keep Elena in the do not discuss pile. We haven't really resolved all that yet. But they don't keep it in the do not discuss pile. They actually discuss her quite a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Klaus says, okay, okay, I hear you. But (laughs) I just think it's funny how. (laughs) how (laughs) He says, I just think it's funny how the allure of the Petrova doppelganger is still so strong. And then he says, what do you say, brother? Should we tell them about Tatia? Elijah says, well, now, <laughs> why would we discuss matters long since resolved? Yeah, Elijah's like, why would we talk about that? That sounds crazy. And Klaus says, well, given their shared affection for both Elena and Katarina, I think our guests might be curious to learn about the originator of the Petrova line. And Stephanie, this is a guess you had that Klaus and Elijah were in love with the original Petrova doppelganger. I ate on this one. Mm-hmm. I, I felt very confident about it. And you should've. And I'm really, really happy, it's right. Because we have heard both Elijah and Klaus talk about love in a way. And we have to assume they've experienced love at some point in their lives and given Klaus's personality, it's a good guess that it was before he was vampire. <laughs> and so Damon says, oh, well, we're not going anywhere. Elijah, please tell this story because Damon's actually trying to stall. Yeah, Damon's like, yeah, tell me a super long story about the year 1000. Would love yeah. that. Also, because if you keep talking about Elena, Stefan is literally going to leave. And then again, stalling has stopped. So yeah. let's let's move it slightly away at least. And Elijah says, well, when our family first settled here, there was a girl named Tatia. She was an exquisite beauty. Uh, again, we've seen Catherine and Elena so we can picture what she looks like. This must be so fun for Miss Nina Dobrev. <laughs> to play like so many characters that everyone is in love with. She must be like, wow, I am stunning, which obviously she is. And I know she knows it, but it's got to be crazy to be in a show and whole time it's like and she was so beautiful. And she's like, that's me. And she was so beautiful. And she actually looks a lot like you. And she's like, (laughs) like, you think (laughs) you think they say, you know, every boy of age desired to be her suitor, even though she had a child with another man, which in the year 1000, That is like a killable offense to have a baby out of wedlock. And all the guys in town still wanted to marry her. Like, when did she have this baby? (laughs) Yeah. How old was she? Because, you know, usually in the olden days, men married, you know, 14 year olds. Yeah. Did the baby live? Well, we have to assume the baby lived because that's how the patrol end continues. Duh. I thought I was doing something with that. I know you (laughs) really did. (laughs) I'm just throwing this out. If it's in the healthy village. There's some werewolf DNA possibly either in the Petrova line. I mean, we have to assume it's not in Elena or else she would have turned by now because she. Yeah, because she's killed people before. I'm just saying there's potential that there's werewolf DNA somewhere in that line. Has Elena killed a human before? Before Rick today? Because before she's only killed vampires. Yeah, I think that's true. Well, doesn't it still count if you kill anyone? No, it's just a human kill, I think. So maybe Elena's going to turn soon. I hope not. Can you imagine? I don't think that's the case, but I just want to throw that out because it was a notable like large werewolf population in the village. So it's just like. It's potential. You have to assume that the man who fathered her baby could have been a werewolf. Yeah. Since every boy of age wanted to be her suitor. And I bet even more boys of age wanted to be her suitor when she didn't have a baby with another man. <laughs> yeah. Before she had the baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, and Elijah says, and none loved her more than Nick Klaus. And Klaus says, well, I'd say there was one who loved her at least as much. <laughs> yeah, Klaus is like, uh, what about you? And Stefan says, wait a minute. You two both love the same girl? Now this delights him. Stefan's like, okay, I'm intrigued. You got me here. Yeah, he says, okay, I actually want to know more about this because I'm tired of talking about how me and Damon both loved both Elena and Catherine. And it's nice to know that uh, we're not the only ones who just fall at the feet of Nina Dobrev. (laughs) And Elijah says, well, you know, our mother was a very powerful witch. She sought to end our feud over Tatia. So she took her. Klaus and I later learned that it was Tatia's blood we consumed on the night she performed the spell, which turned us into vampires. So this doesn't like say that Tatia was killed by their mother, but it doesn't not say it. Yeah, it definitely sounds questionable at best. It's also just rude to just like take her like she's a little toy that you take away from your children like she is a person she has a kid to care for <laughs> it's also possible that klaus and elijah loved her it's possible that she had other irons in the fire baby yeah she was like oh they are not my first choice she might have not been interested yeah. like let's let's all remember that She ran into Esther at the market. And she's like, oh, hey, Esther, what's up? And she's like, I'm going to take you. And she's like, I'm sorry, whose sons are yours? Yeah, she's like, my sons, Klaus and Elijah are fighting over you. She's like, I don't even know those guys. She's like, oh, are you Victor's mom? (laughs) She said, I said hi to Elijah once four years ago. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? She said, and Klaus, I just looked at one time. (laughs) And he immediately ran away as soon as I did. (laughs) He was scared of me. Anyway, and then... Elijah says Tatia wouldn't make a decision between the two of us. So for a time, Niklaus and I grew estranged. Harsh words were traded. We even came to blows. This little part of the section, it's unclear if they were vampires at the time or not. Yeah. Uh, You have to kind of assume that it was pre-vampire, like if she was still available to them before their mom took her. Yeah. (laughs) Or if like after their mom took her and used the blood, she just put her back like into the town to go wreak more havoc. Be like, okay, I hope you had a sitter for that three-day period where I was draining your blood. Yeah, the kid is like, mom, where were you? I'm hungry. She's like, I'm sorry. I was kidnapped by one of my boyfriend's moms and she took a bunch of my blood. Yeah, and I don't really know why because vampires don't exist. So... Yeah. <laughs> Elijah doesn't offer much more specifics than that. And Klaus says, but then we came to recognize the sacred bond of family. And Elijah says family above all. And Klaus says family above all. And they cheers and the Salvators look at each other. And then Elijah and Damon kind of look at each other like wink. (laughs) So we go back to the cave. The Bennets are doing their little spell. Bonnie gets frustrated. She lets Abby's hands go and says, you're not even trying. We've been at this for over an hour. And Abby says, "Okay, well, I think the spirits are angry with me for leaving you. Maybe they don't want me to have my powers again. And Bonnie says, well, I had a bunch of dreams about you. So I find that a little bit hard to believe because the spirits pointed me in that direction. Yeah, she's like, I wouldn't have come and found you because I am very angry at you as it's become clear. If the spirits didn't tell me to and clearly the spirits told me to and it's like the spirits are probably just like well let's see if she'll leave again after failing for 30 minutes like yeah. let's see how much she actually wants it this time exactly bonnie's like you know the spirits wanted me to find you because you're my mom it's not them it's you you won't open up and then bonnie says did you know that dad never talked about you and neither did graham's i had literally no memories of you I used to pretend you were dead because it was so much easier to pretend that you were dead than wonder why you never came back for me. And Abby says, once again, I am so sorry. <laughs> she says, I would just like to again apologize. It does seem fucked up, you know, when I'm looking at you. And she says, there's really no way I can tell you how sorry I am. And Bonnie says, actually, as a matter of fact, there is a way that you could tell me that you can help me. Yeah, you can help me open up this damn coffin. So Abby holds out her hands. Bonnie grabs them. They start the spell again. There's a little bit of shaking. The fire lights up. And then Bonnie starts to like, you know, lift the coffin and it's loose. And Bonnie's like, oh, my God, it almost worked. I have to call Damon and tell him we're close. And then she leaves to go make the call. Now, girl, why don't you just finish it and then call Damon when it's done? But whatever. It's a TV show. We got to have some drama. Yeah. And if it's close, that means it's probably unsealed, like it's either sealed or it's not sealed. It's not like halfway open. So give it a couple minutes. Yeah. She leaves Abby alone instead. And then the coffin like makes a boom, some fires light up and the coffin opens and Abby gasps. Leave her a little cliffhanger. Go back over to Klaus's house. Damon gets Bonnie's text that says like, hey, almost there, need more time. And Elijah says, why don't we move this evening along and discuss the terms of this proposal? And Damon says, well, it's actually super, super simple. Klaus gets his coffin back. And in exchange, he and the entire original family leave Mystic Falls forever. And then me, Stefan, and Elena live happily ever after with no grudges. He's like, everything works out. We just give the coffin back and we pretend this didn't happen. And Elijah says, well, that sounds like a very fair deal. And Klaus says, no. And Klaus says, "Mm, no, it doesn't to me. Klaus says, I don't think you understand. Elena's doppelganger blood ensures I will always have more hybrids to fight against those who oppose me, so I'm not leaving Elena behind. Like, that's a non-negotiable. Yeah, he's like, I need access to that blood. And Klaus says, well, let's just do a quick thought exercise, though, and let's say I do leave her here under your protection. What then? How long until one of you turns her into a vampire? Great Great question, question, Klaus. Great, great question. Stefan threatened to do it a week ago. Yeah, and they say, okay, God, that is a good question. And then he says, or worse, how long before she dies caught between your feuding? The thing is, each one of you truly believes you're the only one who can protect her. And mama, that's delusion. And when Klaus says you're delusional? Mm-hmm, ouchie. This guy should not be calling me delusional. This guy knows about delusion. <laughs> and the worst part is, is he's making sense. He yeah. says, the worst thing for Elena Gilbert is the two of you. And they're like, well, we were just here stalling. And now you're being mean to us. Yeah, we were here to stall. And now you like kind of came for me in a way I wasn't really hoping for. Yeah, I thought you were going to just come for Stefan. Uh, I thought I was kind of going to be left out of it personally. Yeah, Damon says, "Okay, well, you just shit on my whole life. So Damon says, you know, I'm going to go get some air. And he leaves. That knocked it right out of him. He's like, I got to get up. And then Elijah says, oh, let me deal with him and leaves right behind Damon, which Klaus should be immediately suspicious of, but he's not. I get it. Klaus feels powerful right now. Klaus says to Stefan, wow, all this talk has made me thirsty. What do you say to an after dinner drink, Stefan? And he brings one of the waitresses, the blonde, up. Klaus says, let me get another one of those little blonde bitches. (laughs) Yeah. And then he bites her and drinks her blood and it looks like he's going to kill her. He does eventually, but he looks pretty excited about it. So then we go over to the Gilbert house. Matt has walked Elena home after they left the Forbes house. And he asks if she's okay, because this must be bringing up a lot for her. someone's parent dying? Yeah. And she says, well, you know, we've all lost a lot. And Matt says, "Uh, it's this town. It's messed up. Like, none of us should have to live this way. And that's a good point. They shouldn't have to deal with this. They're 17. Like, someone's parent is dying, like, once every three months at this point. Yeah. You're going to run out. Like... <laughs> yeah, we're gonna run out of parents pretty soon. Although we did just get an extra one because Bonnie's mom is here. So we yeah. kind of net positive. <laughs> when one comes in, one has to go. Yeah. Town ain't big enough for too many parents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they go inside and the lights aren't turning on. And Elena says, well, that's weird. Matt says, oh, well, the electricity must be out. Matt's too used to it. He's like, this is what my house looks like all the time. Yeah. He's like, oh, did you not pay your bill? I do that every month. <laughs> he's like, I haven't paid a bill in months. It's free. He said, if you call the company and cry enough, they feel bad enough to turn the lights back on. No payment needed. They know me. I'll just call anyway. I'll say, hi, it's Matt Donovan. And they'll be like, no, your lights are on. And he's like, no, I'm in another house. He said, call, ask for Rhonda, say Matt Donovan sent you. She'll give you a great deal. Matt is being nice this episode. I'm still being mean to him. Again, Matt's kind of eaten, but you got to make fun of him a little bit. Yeah. But Elena, you should be clocking that it's weird that the lights are not turning on when you know there's a murderer loose. He's been in your house stealing your weapons, but a lot to get to right away. Yeah. So they walk in, they find a flashlight, they look for candles. And in the search, Elena finds a puddle of blood. Like, that's not good. And then she finds handprints of blood all over the wall. She follows the handprints upstairs and there she finds a Alaric stabbed. Yeah, kind of slumped over. It's a little unclear if he's awake or not at this point. And then he starts to stir. So we can see he's not yet dead. And at this point, now that there's three murders or attempted murders, this is a serial killer we're dealing with. It's so the serial killer got a little sloppy. Yeah, didn't check all the way. So Elena tries to pull out the knife, but Matt says, no, no, leave it in. He's lost way too much blood. And Matt goes to call 911. Again, Matt, pretty smart, considering earlier in the season, he said he doesn't know how to do CPR. Yeah. But he knows knives. Maybe he just re-updated his certification. And he's like, I have to call (laughs) 911. You get the AED. (laughs) And she's like, an AED is not going to help. Matt, Matt, Matt. So Elena says, Rick, look at me. Who did this? And he doesn't know because, again, now this killer has learned stab people from the back because you don't know who's coming back to life in this town. The knife always ends up in the stomach. And like Bill, you could see he's sl- the attacker. I said he, but we don't know. The attacker slit the throat first and then stabbed him. But Alex just stabbed in the front. So I guess maybe it was dark when he got home. The lights were out. It's also possible they were wearing a hoodie. They were in a ghost face costume. They were in their A fit. <laughs> Yeah, it was A from Pretty Little Liars. It was a black hoodie and a ghost face mask. And a red coat. <laughs> and a red coat over all of that. Can you imagine the outfit of red coat with the ghost face mask? That's so slay. That eats. No one take that. If I turn into a murderer, that's going to be my fit. Alec doesn't know who did it. And Elena says, Matt, there's a lot of blood. And Matt's like, I can see that. And Rick starts to think rationally. He says, Elena, you have to kill me. And Elena realizes what he's asking. And she says, Matt, hang up. He's right. If he dies a supernatural death, he'll come back to life and he'll be healed. And that's like, we don't know who did this. And we don't know if the person who did this is supernatural. So we can't rely on that. And Elena says, that's what he's saying. We don't know that. But since I'm a doppelganger, that makes me supernatural. And there's been some back and forth about how supernatural a doppelganger is at this point. Like, would the ring even work on her? It's kind of like not 100%. But at this point, it's kind of the best option they have anyway. Yeah, because they don't have a stash of vampire blood in this house. Again, I think you should have that. Yeah. But, oh, well, this is where we are. And ends up working, so it's fine. And Matt says, okay, this is super messed up. Matt's like, you're going to kill a history teacher right now? Who is like a father figure to you? Yeah, he's like, we just said- that this town is crazy you're leaning into it a lot today girl yeah and elena says okay well he's dying and so elena takes a knife and stabs him and you can see like the life leave his body now this mama trauma ties. yeah she just kind of rips that band-aid off she's like i just got to get this knife in there yeah and this is i mean again elena i think has killed people before has she she daggered Elijah. Oh, yeah. And she daggered Rebecca. And she's like staked a couple people. But I don't know that she's staked them to the point of death. Yeah, I don't think she staked a vampire to kill them. And I mean, the originals ones are A, not full deaths because they're not permanent, but they are very personal because it's a knife. So actually, she's got kind of practice stabbing. So, yeah, that's kind of nice. She doesn't have to stab with any accuracy with those, but she at least knows what the sensation will feel like. Yes. So she doesn't have to stab for the first time into her father figure. (laughs) Yeah. So we go over to Klaus's house. Klaus continues to feed on the poor, poor waitress. He says, delicious. And then he tosses her aside and she's dead. And he says she was aged to perfection. Gross. Yeah. Creepy. And Stefan says, "Okay, so I guess the only reason you agreed to this evening is to drive a wedge between me and my brother. And Klaus says, oh, you're doing that well enough on your own. Yeah, Klaus is like, you were already there. I'm just saying stuff. He says, because of Elena, you're going to lose your brother and you'll only have yourself to blame. And so then Damon and Elijah come back in. Again, they come back in together. Klaus, think. Think critically, King. And Damon says, "Okay, Klaus, time for you to put something on the table. We've made our offer. Now you counter. So he says, "Okay." Elijah pulls out a chair and he sits in it. And he says, I offer. Elena's future happiness. What she needs right now is to be rid of you lot and fall in love with a human. Maybe a nice football player, the blonde one. And Damon says, Matt Donovan. (laughs) And also, this is literally the only age-appropriate human Klaus knows in this town. Yeah, because why would he know anyone else? Yeah, it's not his business. Yeah, Damon says, Matt Donovan, really? And the audience says, Klaus ships Matt and Elena? (laughs) Yeah, everyone's like, what? I do think one thing that is funny there are multiple times where like other characters will be like that cute blonde one. Like they're trying to convince us to like Matt Donovan at every turn. Isabel said it, Catherine said it now, Klaus, they're all like, I like that guy. It's like, that guy's pretty hot and cool, huh? (laughs) And in the audience, we're like, no, we don't like him. It's propaganda. But Klaus says, why not? You know, they'll get married. They'll live a long and fruitful life, pop out a perfect family. And Stefan says, yeah, and continue the Petrova bloodline. So every few hundred years, you'll have a new doppelganger. You'll never run out of hybrids. And Klaus says, yeah, well, that's like fair. You know, that's a return on investment. I invest in her well-being. I get something out of it. Like that's fair. And then he says, you know, after you return the coffin, I'll ensure her safety for the rest of her natural life. You know, that's what's best for her. And they're like, yeah, but we like to kiss her. Do you think in the grand scheme of things, do you think that this is what's best for Elena is to be rid of Damon and Stefan? I don't think she wants it, so I don't think it matters. But do you think it would be what would be best for her? I guess that's a subjective question. It's like technically safer and easier, but I don't think she wants a simple, basic life. Much as she is a simple, basic girl in many ways. And says she wants all this stuff to go away. Like, I think she'd get bored. I agree. And so Klaus says, what do you say, Stefan? Do we have a deal? Stefan walks over and Damon says, what are you doing? Damon's like, we didn't clear this. <laughs> Damon says, we are just stalling. We are not making any deals tonight. I can't make that any more clear. And Damon's like, and I know you don't care about Elena right now, but I would like her to stay in town. And let's be realistic. I don't think she wants to be with Matt Donovan. He's like, have you met Matt? Damon says, hey, uh, the decision has to be unanimous. So shouldn't we sidebar? Klaus, just so you know, uh, if he didn't discuss it with me first, a handshake is null and void. Yeah, just want to make that clear. I have my fingers crossed. Stefan grabs Klaus's hand and gets ready to have a handshake and then says, nice try, Klaus, but no deal. So then Klaus breaks his arm and (laughs) (laughs) holds it into the fire. And Elijah holds Damon back. And Damon's like, hey, what are you doing? So for a second, it looks like Elijah's betraying them. Yeah. And Damon says, hey, stop what you're doing. And Klaus says, bring me my coffin before I burn him alive. And Damon says, okay, I'll go get it. I, I know when my goose is cooked. Yeah, he's like, fine, I'll go. And Klaus says, oh, Elijah, go with him. Keep him honest. He says, and when you return, I'll make good on my promise to you and hand over our family. So Elijah goes with Damon. At this point, we're not sure where he stands. So we go over to the Forbes house. Caroline goes into a room with her dad. I think it's Caroline's bedroom Mm -hmm. and he's looking at her trophies for her first state regionals. And Caroline says, yeah, I was afraid to join the squad, but you talked me into it. And he says, ah, you had nothing to be afraid of. You were so much better than the other girls. Yeah. You know, Bill Forbes was one of the dads on the football field who was like yelling kind of way too much at the opposing team of his daughter. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. He was not a fun dad for the coaches to deal with. He got kicked out of a lot of games. Yeah but he was always there at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Caroline laughs. She sits with him. She asks how he's feeling. And he says, you know, I feel tired. She says, can I get you anything? Do you want me to call Stephen, your husband? And he says, no, don't call Stephen. We haven't spoken in a while. Probably because he's out here torturing his daughter. I can't imagine he's a super attentive husband. Well, yeah, and I bet Steven's like, hey, I don't think you should be torturing her. And Bill's like, you don't get it. He says, you don't get it. She's a vampire. And he says, again, I have to bring up, this feels like a, an allegory for conversion therapy. And he said, oh, what do you know? What the fuck would you know? <laughs> Instead, Bill's like, yeah, just call Stephen when this is over and the dust is settled. She says, okay, can you imagine Stephen? Stephen's like, excuse me? He died and he didn't even call me? Like he just chose to die rather than like be what you were, Caroline? Because I assume Stephen knows all this. She's like, yeah. And he's like, well, Sounds like Bill, I guess. And Carolyn gives this one last shot, which you can't blame her for. She says, listen, I know you think you made your choice, but you can change your mind. You're strong enough to handle being a vampire. You're the strongest person I know. Yeah. She's like, you'd be able to, you know, not kill people. Like, I know that about you. You can withstand compulsion. You can definitely stop from killing someone. And he says, well, first of all, I know that about myself. Yeah. You're not telling me anything. I don't know. He's like, that's not the issue. He says, Caroline, my strength is all in my beliefs. Becoming a vampire is wrong. People aren't supposed to cheat death. It's what I believe. Please respect that. And the layer here that's really sad is that Caroline can't help but apply these morals to herself. That she feels like she wasn't supposed to cheat death. That she feels like she did something wrong by becoming a vampire, even though she couldn't control it. Yeah, she didn't have this choice presented to her to even think about because she didn't know it was a choice. And honestly, now she's gotten so used to being a vampire that I think in her mind, she's like, I would have had the blood if I was given the choice because I wouldn't have wanted to die. Yeah. And so it's hard to see him take the other path and be like, if I could have made the choice, would I have made the wrong one? Mm -hmm. It's irrelevant now, but like, would I have disappointed him by making that choice if I had a choice? It's like that other layer of disappointment. Mm -hmm. And so she says, how can you hate who I am so much? Because he's about to die. She doesn't want him to die hating her. Yeah, she's like, I just want you to say like, you're okay with this. Like before you die, like I want to feel like you support me. And he does finally like say something fucking comforting to her. He says, I don't hate you. I love you. You're strong. You're beautiful. You're good. Even after everything that's happened to you, you were exactly who your mother and I hoped you'd grow up to be. And so that's great for her to hear. She's very excited to hear that he doesn't hate her. But she says, well, then don't leave me. Yeah, she's like, if you like me so much, why can't you just stay? Like, you you have the option. Like, why can't you be what I am and learn to live with this if you can accept that I, in spite of all of this, am still a good person? Yeah, I'm still myself and am worth, like, caring about. Then you could be, too. It's just hard for her to get that, and you know. He really has his opinions, doesn't he? Again, you gotta say, he does walk the walk. You know, it is interesting how things, when you become a vampire, get enhanced. And he's on his way to transition. And somehow that only enhanced his choice to not be a vampire. He said, I hate vampires even more. Yeah. That was intensified. You gotta respect that he's sticking with it. But it is like, man, it wouldn't be me. And he says, you know, parents aren't supposed to outlive their children, Caroline. It's okay. That was a rough one. I know. That's very sad. Liz watches. She's crying, kisses her head. And he says, you know, this is life. This is what it means to be human. And again, this is our first ever active choice to not transition, to Mm -hmm. stay human, which up until this point has not been anything that we've seen that decision be made. Or most of the time, we don't even see that as an option that comes up. Yeah. So that's just an interesting thing. And then we go over to Klaus's house again. Stefan's hand is still being held in the fire. And so he says, hey, you know what, Klaus, why don't you go ahead and kill me? I know you're going to do it when you get the coffin anyway. And Klaus pulls Stefan away from the fire. And he says, you know, you really have given up, haven't you? Where's the fight? Where's the ripper? It's like, boy, you kind of beat me down. He's like, you've been beating it out of me for four months. (laughs) (laughs) And then Elijah and Damon come back and Klaus says, uh, Hey, Elijah, you're back here pretty fast. Why haven't you left? Yeah, he's like, that was pretty quick to go get a coffin. I I know you're not hiding it in my house. And I don't see you guys carrying a coffin. So what's the problem? And Elijah says, well, where are our manners, brother? We forgot dessert. And they got another waitress to come out with a tray. He lifts the handkerchief off the tray and bada-bing, bada-boom. There's two daggers there. Yeah, so Klaus is like, (laughs) gulp? (laughs) Now, where did those come from? Klauses, I'm sorry. I think I may have lost the thread here. I'm sorry. I thought you said dessert. Those are daggers. Elijah, are, are you stupid or is this purposeful? And Elijah says, you know, I've learned not to trust your vulgar promises, Klaus. We're doing things on my terms now. Which Klaus has to be like, okay, that does make sense. Klaus has to be like, to be fair, I probably should have maybe given more thought to the fact that this might happen. Yeah. And then in comes Cole. And he says, long time, brother. And now that Cole's here, I know this is in the middle of an action packed scene, but I do want to talk about the actor who plays Cole. I recognized him well in the coffin. His name is Nathaniel Buzalik. Never heard that name before. Quite a name. He's been on a number of things, obviously. But what I recognize him from on IMDb and what Stephanie immediately clocked him from is yet another Pretty Little Liars guest star. Yes, yes. He was a sober coach on Pretty Little Liars. Klaus immediately seems scared of Cole. Yeah, he says, (laughs) Cole. He says, Cole. And then Finn enters and Finn immediately grabs a dagger and stabs Klaus's hand. And Klaus says, hey, Finn, don't do that. And then Klaus turns around and there is Rebecca. She quickly stabs him just for fun, even though the dagger won't work. But she wants to poke him a little bit. And she says, this is for our mother. And she's got her homecoming dress on still looking cute. (laughs) Slaying. Elijah tells Damon and Stefan they're free to go and they immediately take that and they leave. Yeah, they're like, okay, we'll do it. And Elijah says, this is family business, which is a cool line. Um, I know we don't have much interaction with Cole and Finn yet. Any first impressions of Cole and Finn? Any predictions about what kind of characters these are going to be? Obviously, we'll get to know them a little bit more in the coming episodes, but I just want to see if you have first impressions of them. Not huge first impressions from Finn. I mean- It's clear immediately that he was killed first, which Elijah had mentioned. And everyone is mad at Klaus. So clearly, I'm guessing these daggers were a surprise to all of them when they were daggered. So you have to imagine they were pissed. Klaus seems particularly scared of both of them. I think because he probably is a little closer with Elijah and Rebecca since they were alive longer. And even we saw them, you know, bury their mother together so we have to assume that they kind of have a little bit more of an understanding, whereas Cole and Finn might be a little bit more angry at Klaus, especially Finn, because he's like, I've been in there for how long? He says, well, I know when I, I was daggered, it was a thousand. So what is it now? Twelve hundred? Yeah. He's like, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm going to go outside. And they're like, No, go to the toilet. And he said, what is a toilet? He said, you're going to have to go, <laughs> go way back. He said, "So uh, are people still dying of dysentery every day?" And they're like, "No." And he's like, "Well, why do I have to be immortal if, if it's so easy to live?" Yeah, they're like, "Well, there's this thing called a hospital." And he says, "Okay, I don't know what any of those words mean." He sees a car and he says, "Ah, <laughs> what the fuck is that?" And he's gonna have a, a rough adjustment, like uh, James Madison in Enchanted. Yeah. <laughs> and then we briefly revisit the Forbes house where Caroline holds Bill's hand and sits with him. And Liz sits with her as he lays there. I mean, it's pretty clear that's where he's dying. It's seconds away at this point. He's fallen asleep. He's leaving this earthly plane. Yeah. So then we go over to the Gilbert house. Matt comes upstairs to check on Elena, who is still waiting by Rick's dead body for him to wake up. Waiting by her murder victim's body. Yeah. And Elena says, hey, Caroline called. Her dad died. And then she asks Matt to stay with her until Rick wakes up. And he says, yeah, of course, I can do that. And he's like, I don't have anywhere to be. Yeah, (laughs) he says, I have no plans tonight. She says, I can't lose any more family. And they hug and she cries a little bit. Do you think Elena is going to lose more family? I don't think she's losing Rick, but I mean, there's only so much more family she can lose. Yeah, to be completely fair. Eventually they're going to run out. And when we're thinking biological, like there's none left in Mystic Falls, girly. How funny would it be? And not funny, haha, but like funny in an ironic way. If Jeremy just like, accidentally died yeah just got like hit by a bus yeah so then we go out to the woods Stefan says well you were right about Elijah and daggering him was a smart move and Damon's like thanks for saying that but I do know yeah Damon says I'm well aware but actual acknowledgement of a job well done that's awesome you're going soft and Stefan says I guess I should thank you for saving me from Klaus and Damon says uh you don't have to thank me till I paid you back for all the times you saved me and Stefan says, I do realize that you could have left me there. Uh, Klaus would have killed me and you would have gotten Elena all to yourself. And like magic, Elena calls Damon. And Damon declines the call, even though Elena's going through something. Yeah, Elena's like, are you fucking kidding me? She's like, I'm sorry, Damon's not picking up the phone. It would have been funny, too. If then she called Stefan. <laughs> that would have been hysterical. Damon declines the call and says, I didn't do that on your account, by the way. And then Stefan says, I love her, Damon. Okay, could you tell her that? Yeah, start fucking acting like it. (laughs) Yeah, Damon says, so do I. And Damon leaves him alone. Very dramatic love triangle. I mean, Damon's finally admitting his love for her out loud, even though we've all known it for ages at this point. Yeah, but at least he's saying it. He says, well, now that I've kissed her, I don't feel as like a sad sack (laughs) to admit that. And he walks away and Stefan's like, man, do I have to turn my humanity on? He's like, you know, I kind of really fucked up my relationship with Elena when I almost drove her off the bridge where her parents died. I'm starting to see now. I didn't know she would take that so personally. Like she went right and kissed my brother all because I almost killed her. Bitch. Women are so emotional. I don't get women. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus, baby. (laughs) So let me go over to the Forbes house and the Gilbert house because Liz is on the phone with Elena. Because Liz has some news. She looked into Meredith Fell. And Meredith Fell was called into surgery six hours ago and has been there ever since. She has an iron tight alibi, at least for the stabbing of a At least she didn't try to kill a I guess that six hours doesn't totally cover Bill Forbes. But if she was like scrubbing in for surgery six hours ago, she was realistically at the hospital before that. But I guess he died at the hospital. So yeah, I mean, she was talking to Caroline before... Caroline found her dad. So we know she was at the hospital. So she was in the place where Bill was killed. So it's just a matter of how long was he actually dead before he woke up, timeline-wise. Yeah. And also, hospital out of cameras? I guess not in the supply room. Although, why would he go in the supply room? Where did he get stabbed that no one saw anything? Although the Mystic Falls Hospital traditionally has a lot of long, empty hallways. There's a lot of questions still left unanswered, but this confirms that Meredith has an airtight alibi with witnesses. For the stabbing of Alaric, which based on the MO of the other stabbings, we can assume it's the same killer. Yeah, I think we have to, at minimum, assume Bill and Alaric are the same killer. Mm -hmm. Elena asks, well, then who could it be? And Liz says, I don't know, but this attack on Alaric makes it the third attack on the Founders Council, and we just cleared our only suspect. So this is interesting that Liz says this because it brings us an interesting connecting thread between the three victims that we might not pick up on because we don't really know Brian Walters that well. There is a similar M.O. between Brian, Bill, and Alaric. I mean, there's a exactly same M.O. between Bill and Alaric, and they're all members of the Founders Council. And they're all using Gilbert Weapons. Yes. So, given evidence we have, your Criminal Minds knowledge, your background in profiling from watching Criminal Minds. Mm -hmm. My doctorate in behavioral psychology. (laughs) Special Agent Stephanie Piper. What can we assume about this killer that you think of? And do you have any new suspects? And you can keep Meredith Fell on the list if you want. Maybe she's not working alone. Yeah, I think there is potential that this is more than one killer because the stake versus knife, I know they're both Gilbert weapons, but the stake was very showy in a specific vampire way, but it's also the first kill. But you would think the first kill, they would go for something a little more solid, that they know is going to kill easier, like a knife. And I think Bill and a is a much bloodier scene. Brian Walters was a pretty clean, quick, clean thing. Mm-hmm. And it is common knowledge that women tend to leave cleaner crime scenes. Usually it's poisoning, but even when they kill, or even when they kill themselves, they tend to worry more about the mess than men do. That's fascinating. So I think- Bill and alert look very much like a male killer if we're sticking with actual like criminal profiling, which is not necessarily true. Yeah. I do think also we know that a lot of the tools or at least some of the tools that were used were in the Gilbert house. So we have to consider the fact that if this is a supernatural killer, they had to have been invited into the Gilbert house. So that kind of narrows it down. We don't have any proof that it's supernatural, especially because we don't know if a would have come back after that stabbing. Mm -hmm. because we didn't see it because Elena stabbed him. So there is potential it's supernatural. I think that's less likely. You think it's a human who's committing these murders? I think it's a human committing these murders. Here's my question. And I think this speaks to the difference of the first murder. The difference of the first murder being a stake was clearly meant to kind of minimize the news coverage because Mm -hmm. Liz isn't going to go to the news station and say someone got staked like a vampire. She's going to say there was an animal attack. So do you think this person, if they are human, has working knowledge of supernatural creatures in this town? And if so, how much? I think we have to assume they have working knowledge of supernatural creatures. I think that whoever killed Bill did not know he had vampire blood in his system. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of unexpected variables after he wakes back up, if you know he has vampire blood in his system. You don't know if he's going to feed. And even if you're in a hood or from behind, like things can go bad. You can get seen, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think they would assume their victims are staying dead. And I think same for alert. lurk. is not offering up that ring information regularly, but we know Meredith knows it. And if you're a human killing people, that ring really doesn't matter. Yeah. You would think that they would, you know, make sure he's dead all the way, but you know, they're busy. I think my best guess, I don't have a specific suspect, But I think this is either someone, I've said this before, who their family member's death got covered up and they want to expose the Founders Council for this. Or we could be seeing someone like Bill who does not like the direction the Founders Council is heading. Thinks the council's been tainted. Yeah, the sheriff and the mayor are both notably on the vampire side, which not everyone on the council knows because not everyone is taking that council super seriously but you have to imagine some of the council is able to pick up on that and we know meredith is able to figure out who the vampires are in town so it's not a jump that someone else would have figured it out as well so i think it's either someone in the council who's like we need to take this town back and kill the people who are an issue in the council who are tainted who are like contributing to this Mm cover-up or someone like a summer's family member who is like what the fuck happened to my sister jenna Yeah. Like no one is talking about any of this or anything like that. Like, hey, my daughter went missing because Klaus killed her or something. And I don't know anything about it. Where's Amy Bradley? Like someone who's really concerned about the corruption in town is my guess because of who they're killing and how they're killing them. So I don't have a clear suspect of who we know, but I don't think it's crazy that it could be someone in the fell family or that it's more than one person. Because a lot of fells are dying. A lot of fells are dying and a lot of fells have really been covered up and pushed under the rug more than any other founding family member. And as a founding family, you're probably like, hey, why are we only siding with the Lockwoods, Gilberts, and Forbes? Why are the Fells being disrespected? So do you think it's a founding family member who's committing these murders on the council or otherwise? I think that's very probable. You think it's the return of Uncle Zach from the dead? (laughs) I don't think it's a Salvatore. I think if it's a founding family member, it's probably a fell because I think the other founding families is kind of like whatever at this point, or they're too connected of the founding families. We know, I mean, there could be others, but I think it's someone who is unhappy with the way the council is going for whatever reason. Interesting. Albert Einstein said whoever undertakes to set himself up as judge in the field of truth and knowledge is shipwrecked by the laughter of the gods. Alert gasps awake. He seems to still be in a little bit of pain. From the stabbing, mm-hmm. which tracks with what we know about what's been going on with the ring, he and Elena hold hands. But we see the ring at least is doing its bare minimum job. Yeah, it's waking him up. So then we go back to the cave where the coffin is. Stefan and Damon have arrived. Damon says, Let's hope the witches got the coffin open. And Stefan says, Yeah, i would make this night at least a little bit worthwhile. Then they find both Bonnie and Abby passed out. Uh, Bonnie's in the hallway, Abby's in the cave, but they are breathing. So that's good. But they can see, even though they can't go into the cave, they can see that the coffin is open, but whatever is in it is gone. So they're like, okay, well, that's a good turn. They said, okay, well, let's hope that um, that does want to kill Klaus, whatever is in there. Yeah. Then we go back over to Klaus's house. Rebecca says, I like what you've done with the place, Nick. And then she takes a vase and throws it at a painting. So she's being sarcastic. Classic queen, you know, it's effective. Klaus says, okay, I just want to make it clear. I did want this to be for all of us, a place that we could call home and be a family and never be alone again. Yeah, he's like, I was going to wake you guys up and hang out with you, but (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) I wasn't ready yet. (laughs) And Elijah says, you're right. None of us ever will be alone again, except you. You'll stay behind. (laughs) And poor Klaus. Rebecca says, we're leaving. Right after I kill that doppelganger wench, you'll be alone always and forever. Now, poor Klaus, number one, because all he wants is to not be alone and he can't manage that. And number two, Rebecca, move on, mama. Like, girl, I know you're mad, but you've got to get over it. (laughs) You're back now. It's okay. There will be other homecomings. He says, if you guys run away, I'm going to hunt all of you down. And Elijah says, well, then you'll become everything you hate or a father. And this is effective. Like, do you really want to turn into a dad? And Klaus is like, oh, fuck me. Klaus says, you know what? As a matter of fact, I don't. I don't want to do that. Then Klaus goes into tantrum mode. He says, I'm the hybrid. I can't be killed. I have nothing to fear from any of you. And Elijah says, you will when we have that coffin. Now it's unclear how much, I mean, Klaus seems to know what was in this coffin. Mm -hmm. It's unclear how many of them know what's in this coffin. It seems that definitely Elijah knows like it's mom and she's going to want to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. And Klaus looks very sad and angry because his family's turning on him. And now he feels like his mommy's going to kill him. So things aren't looking great for Klaus. Yeah. And then the door opens. Klaus gasps and we look. And indeed, it is Esther, the original witch herself. She is what we can assume was in the coffin based on timing. And I did guess she was in this coffin. And yes, I guess she was decomposed. You did guess that it was her decomposed corpse. Yeah. But it was her. It was the original witch. I got the right identity. Yeah, she (laughs) is alive. She walks in. She is in her like year 1000 garb with a long ass wig. Looks great on her. We also know her body's been in there for quite some time preserved. But we know that she's been like trying to wheel and deal on the other side. So we know she's been kind of in the mix. Yeah because she was, you know, making deals with Vicky and i up not working. Yeah. And she walks straight to Klaus. And Klaus shits his pants on the spot. <laughs> yeah, he like looks at the ground and cries. And she says, look at me. Hesitantly, he does. And she says, do you know why I'm here? And he says, well, I'm guessing it's to kill me. Yeah, he's like, I, I guess it's my time to die. And she says, Nick Klaus, you're my son. I'm here to forgive you. And then she turns to the others and says, I want us to be a family again. It's the end of the episode. So first question, you buy that? I mean, kinda, yeah. To be fair, you do know that there is a spinoff called The Originals. Yeah. When you sit in a coffin long enough, thinking about how your life has gone. Thinking about mistakes you've made. Watching things from the other side. I mean, I'm sure she's a little mad Klaus killed her, but she's probably like, well, I did have an affair with a werewolf that led to that. So... And I did side with his father, who was a bit of a bitch ass. Yeah, his dad was not a good person. And also she's probably watching it being like, this boy needs some help. And we've seen people come from the other side and be very forgiving, Mason Lockwood. Yeah, like you watch everything that went wrong. She watched Klaus lose his mind, essentially, and... You know, she she is not happy that he's been like daggering his siblings, but she's like, he's not doing well. Yeah, and she's not happy he broke the curse, but she looks at him and she says, okay, he really just needs a family. It's really, it all comes back to his dad. She's like, he really just did that because he wanted some friends. She's like, I just got to get the family together. So maybe he stops making hybrids. Do you think all of the family, all the siblings are all going to be on board with being a family again? Oh, they've got some stuff to work out. Mm-hmm. They're all still mad at Klaus, but I do think their mom being there, if she, like with her wanting to stay, they'll want to stay. Because especially like Rebecca, we saw was very close with her mother and was very sad when she died. And so I think it's this idea that they can, you know, take this horrible curse that they were given and at least be together, take the benefit of it. You know, they've all been vampires long enough. That's cute. What do you think? I mean, how do you think them living in Mystic Falls is going to go do you think they're going to stay in mystic falls now they have this nice new renovated house as a family like what do you think is next for the town itself with all of these original vampires who just want to hug yeah i think they're going to stay in this house for a while i think there's potential to travel around and do things i mean i do think it's going to be an adjustment for people like finn who probably is like wait i can't just kill someone and leave them in the middle of nowhere like people find that like what do you mean dna testing yeah I can't just go kill whoever I want in the middle of the town. Like So I think it's going to be a little rough adjustment. And also, what is lighting this room? (laughs) Also, where are the candles? And also, I have to ask, you ate something today that I just don't understand. I thought everything we ate was gray. So what is all this other fancy stuff in here? What is this? And why does it say Pop-Tart? And how do you read? (laughs) And also, what are these words? And also, why is Rebecca dressed like a whore? (laughs) so lots of fun to come for this little family hopefully we'll see but that's the end of the episode we end you know with the michaelsons reunited a serial killer on the loose and a love triangle in full bloom and one more dad dead one more dad dead and our first ever purposely failed transition big episode all around that's the end of this week's episode. A very exciting episode is coming up next week. If you know, you know, I'm going to tell you the name of the episode because fans of Vampire Diaries will know this next episode is called Dangerous Liaisons. It's a super fun episode. I can't wait to get to it next week. Again, if you know, you know. (laughs) But if you don't know, you will. If you're enjoying. Vampire Diaries, and Doppelgangers, please feel free to recommend us to your friends and leave us five stars rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. That's it for this week. We'll see you guys next week. For now, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.